I think a good skill of the week would be that if you know how to do this, don't ever do this. Please, Monroe. episode of Calling Monroe. I am Ranger, and I'm joined uh, by a friend of mine. He is a figure skating champion, and he is father-in-law of Barack Obama. That's Gucci Mane. How you feeling? Is that me? Is that I? Yeah, that's you. It is the... How is Barack? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. Okay. Well, you're really playing along here. You're really good at this whole improvisational <laughs> role play thing. Oh, you? Well, that was what we're doing now. Good thing I don't have to go to bed with you. How do you feel? How do you feel about role play in the bedroom? Do you think it's normal or weird, or do you prefer not to comment in a public forum? It's weird. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you, you, I mean, it, it is do, weird. Do what whatever floats your boat. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, whatever floats your boat can still be weird in our personal opinion. Yes. But. We're not qualified to speak on such matters because we are not doctors. So why don't we call esteemed relationship therapist Monroe, the yes. doctor, and uh-huh. see what he has to say about it. Yes. All right, folks, let's call Monroe. Saw it. Ah, did. What's up? Long time no talk. Absolutely. Wait, wait a minute. Who, who is that? Who is that? This is uh, Monroe. Nah, I'm just joking. It's Oli. Monroe. Hey, Gucci. Hey, Ragnar. What's up, dude? Glad to be back. Did you kill Monroe? I did not kill Monroe. Monroe is alive and well. I've made sure of that. Mm. He just didn't want to talk to us. He's just occupied. I don't know what to say. Yeah, he prefers his profession. He's a career man. He's got a family to take care of now. Patience to save. Brains to slice. He has the wrong priorities. Yeah, I agree. He does, actually, because every... Every day, millions of children are abandoned by their fathers, and they literally all turn out fine. Yes. Is that true? Uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it must be true, right? We, we think so. We think so, at least. I don't see why it wouldn't be. Uh, we talked about this last... Was it last time in the episode? We talked about serial killers. Maybe you can weigh in on this, Ole. Like Kellogg's or like, you know, in sequence? In sequence and succession. Okay. So I made the claim that no serial killer is created randomly uh, because whenever you read about one, their parents fucking sucked. No serial killer had good parents, right? Is that true? Is that true? Is that true? This I is mean, my I favorite question I... in the world. Is that true? Uh, let's let's fact check this. Did a serial killer ever have good parents? Google recommended. Did a serial killer died today? Good grammar, Google. <laughs> Here's a Quora.com. Are there any killers known that had a super great childhood with lots of love? Yeah. That's exactly what we need. Okay, so apparently the mother of the Columbine school shooter, one of them, uh, talks about a loving home with educated parents in a great neighborhood. But is that the... That's not the, that's not the serial killer. Do, well, do we want to talk about the Columbine shooting? Is that what we want? 
Yeah, it's been long enough. Eminem wasn't censored on his last album or whatever okay, we're talking so, about. It, so, so I guess the question is, is that guy a serial killer? Yes. What is a serial killer? Surely one who kills serially. No, but it has to be over time. I can't shoot three people in quick succession. But there exist mass murderers instead. That's yeah. someone that kills many at the same time. It says a person who commits a series of murders, often with no apparent motive and typically following a characteristic predictable behavior pattern. I guess it has to be, wait, a mur who murders three or more people, usually in service of abnormal psychological gratification, with murders taking place over more than a month and including a significant period of time between them. Okay, so he's not a serial killer, <laughs> this, this is boy. Over, this is overly specific. Yeah, definitely. But first of all, first of all, he's not a serial killer. Second of all, she, I think she is his mother saying this. He came from a loving home. Like, you're his mom. Of course you think that. Yes. Like, this is your fault. Oh, no, I don't want to go on record saying it's... Uh, that's This is too uh, much. That... <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to go on record and blame the Columbine shooter's parents. No, I don't. I don't. We're crossing a line here. Yes. Uh, I, what I want to know is, it was there a legit serial killer who had a good childhood? And I can't seem to... Well, it lends credence to your hypothesis, I guess that the overwhelming majority of them had shitty childhoods. Yeah. Which seems like a safe assumption to make. Yes. I I would say so, right? But then we're falling onto the nurture side of things rather than nature. But surely it must be when nature and nurture collide. Ooh, very good. I mean, yeah, your son, he's, he's not showing any uh, classical signs of becoming a serial killer, right? He's not wearing those horrible glasses yet, is he? No, he mom. He doesn't give me any he doesn't give me any serial killer vibes just yet. He doesn't have a mustache. He doesn't have a mustache. He doesn't wear glasses. And uh well, I I guess he could hear voices, but I'm not sure. Yeah, it's unconfirmable at the moment. Mm -hmm. He does have a relatively non-fashion haircut, but I guess all babies do. I I think he has a very classic baby haircut, one who was given to him by his by his mother. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying it's not like a, he wouldn't appear in like a hairstyling magazine. It's too basic. Uh, probably not. Neither would I. No, that's true. So far, not a serial killer, but let's stay tuned. Yeah, we'll see. We will see. Are you feeling that pressure? Are you feeling the pressure of having to perform? Do you feel the performance anxiety? In some capacity, yes. I think I, I actually do feel that kind of performance anxiety. Mm. It's, uh, it's not easy. No, I bet. And I'm having to exercise a lot more patience than I had anticipated. There's a joke there about a doctor who has very fat patients and has to exercise his patients. Also, he's seeing a lot more of his patients because there, mm. there's more of them, of, yeah. of the patient. I can, I can see that you're having to exercise more patients because like teaching someone or like guiding someone through the process of doing something that they're terrible at is a taxing affair for the patients. It is. I had this interesting theory about why humans are so good at raising their kids. Well, are they good at raising their kids? I guess we can, we'll say for this example that humans are good at raising their kids. <laughs> right. And that is when a primate or something is raising their young and trying to teach them something. I mm. thought this was, this was actually pretty interesting. So they show them how to do something, how to crack a walnut or something. Mm -hmm. And then the offspring will try to replicate. But it's like the parent doesn't understand which part of the process the offspring doesn't understand. So the only recourse mm. they have is to is to repeat the whole process every time. Mm. Whereas we can actually figure out almost instantly which where the snag is. 
Mm. Uh, so it makes it so much more efficient to teach teach. So you're saying we're more analytical than animals in general. In general, we we seem to have a you know a better capacity for analytical and you know analytical thinking than animals. Yes, that's what I'm saying. I think that's a safe assumption. That's a hot take. <laughs> that's a hot <laughs> take. That is a that is a take. <laughs> I guess. I get that. I get that. But I think this doesn't have to be uh, universally true for human parents. Like I don't think everyone is necessarily a good teacher. Well, I'm sort of imagining the average human okay. raising an average offspring. I guess the average human would be able to tell whether the their child was having trouble with putting on the shoes or tying the shoes. Sort of like which step was the problem. Exactly. You you <laughs> you've illustrated my point beautifully. Mm. Thank you. Whereas a primate may not. Exactly. Oh my God, you get it. Can you teach a primate to tie their shoes? Can you? Uh, you guys guess while I Google. Can you teach a primate to tie a knot? Yes. Well, I mean, you can teach a primate because you can teach humans, but can you teach a non-human primate? <laughs> there's a there's a YouTube video here that says to teach a chim chimpanzee to tie my shoelaces. Uh, does the chimpanzee do well or poorly? I don't know. Uh, he appears to be struggling a little bit. <laughs> Something interesting that I read about humans once. So humans, mm. in a certain sense, the most successful animal, organism even. Although it's debatable. Well, I think that I think that's 100% debatable. I would say that bacteria are the most successful organ organisms. But they're multiple organisms. Yeah. Surely humans are multiple organisms as well. No, but they're they're multiple species. <laughs> okay, fine. They're multiple species. Yeah. So we are we are the most successful species in a in a in a way. Like exercise a little bit of common sense to your listener and understand what I'm trying to say. We have the most money, that's for sure. Word. We have the most money. I mean, the wealth accumulation upon, you know, on behalf of humans is ridiculous compared to the rest of the animal kingdom. I mean, we truly are the 1%. Huh? We all belong in the 1%. That's true. That's Primates absolutely. have nothing. No. There's not a single non-human animal that has an internet connection. It's true. Are you sure? No, I'm actually not sure. <laughs> Isn't there some cockatoo somewhere in Australia that has, has dial-up? Yeah, probably. Yeah, okay. So the the a human's sort of crucial feature, that's the thing that's so like often discussed, I feel. And everyone always says opposable thumbs. They're like we are where we are because of the opposable thumb because we can like manipulate shit and use our hands quite dexterously. But monkeys have opposable thumbs too, right? Is that a fact? It's a fact, right? Gorillas, yes. for example, have opposable thumbs 100%. Yes. Well, okay, good cuz I was going to say what I have read about humans is that apparently there has been the claim made that our best feature or capability is our sweating. Yeah, the endurance thing. Yeah, apparently our sweating is like next level. Have I spoken about this before? And it's the upright walking too that's so efficient. Is it efficient or is it awful? Because my knees suck and I'm not 30 yet. Well, your knees suck, but most knees don't suck like yours. The upright walking thing is is ridiculously efficient compared to quadrupeds. That's the thing. And we can also carry stuff with us. This is straight from A. David Attenborough, this quote. Oh. So we can basically run and carry water and we sweat through our skin. Yeah. yeah. So we can cool our bodies while we're running. Yeah. yeah, that's apparently, that's the thing that I read, that like you can't outrun a horse over like one mile, but you can outrun a horse over like the course of a week. Yeah, exactly. We can chase down any animal if we're given enough time. Persistence hunting, bro. Yeah, dude, it's my strategy. I still remember one thing about, there was a difference between like 
other great apes and humans is that we, when we teach someone something, the individual repeats it exactly the same way. Doesn't question really why they do it that way. So if I tell to open a door, I have to touch my nose and touch my forehead and jump whole circle and then open the door. Then if you teach a kid that, the kid will do the exact same thing. Oh yeah, I've actually heard that. This is good. Yeah, yeah. Well, a great day would just walk and open the door and just go through. Wait, humans repeat exactly the same thing or monkeys repeat yes, exactly the same thing? Yes, hum- humans would do that. If oh. you tell a kid, you have to do this and this and this and this. Is that true? Didn't you get it mixed up? No, it is like that. <laughs> so it, it was like they showed it like with a box that they have to like push some levers and stuff to open a door on it or something like that. And then they would drop out a fruit mm-hmm. and they made it like clear. So it was clear that for a k- kid that would look at the box, he could just open and get the fruit. He didn't have to do all the push the levers and turn some screws and some stuff. Uh, but the monkey, he just opened the box. Just took the fruit immediately. Saw immediately what he could do and just took it out. Mm-hmm. While the kid did everything the adult. But wasn't the next wasn't the next argument in this line of thinking that this was actually an advantage? Yeah, for this humans? Is, yeah, it's advantage for humans because they do what exactly they're taught. Even though it doesn't sound like an advantage. No. It still is somehow an advantage. But the 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 the, the argument ex- escapes me. I guess it's because Sometimes the what appears to be a non-critical step actually is a critical step, and you must follow that. You can't just ignore all that shit and go straight for the throat, right? Like, uh, you can drive your car down the street without disengaging the handbrake, but you're going to have a problem later on. Yes. Right? I guess this could work like if we do much more complex, complex tasks where the feedback isn't actually obvious. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like, where the feedback is later. This is also something that I read, and I find this hard to believe, but apparently for a long time, the link between uh, the act of intercourse and impregnation and, like, childbirth, because they're so far apart, this was not, like, it took an extremely long time to realize that these two things were linked. Yeah. Yes. It takes way too long for the results to reveal themselves. Yeah. Here, let's see. When did humans realize sex makes babies? Oh, here it says, basically, since the beginning. Ah, okay, okay. since sex was a thing. Oh, well, never mind then, I guess. <laughs> like having a sex, ha- having a sex, <laughs> having sex and getting an offspring. I'm making the sex. Having one sex will have one baby. <laughs> you cannot have even one sex before you have one baby. You should be very, very careful. Okay, all right. No, th- my point is, there isn't really a connection between having sex and procreation. Our body doesn't know they're they're going to procreate by having sex. The body just you just feel like doing it. Do you understand? It, uh, I and mean, then, I guess so. And then I guess because you feel like doing it, they're complicated, and therefore it becomes a thing. It sort of dawns on you ten months later. What the fuck? Yeah, the, the one that does I really it, shouldn't have done that. The one that does want to have sex is the one that will procreate. The one that doesn't enjoy that won't. I feel like this is an extremely convoluted explanation of nothing at all. Is that true or not true? Could be. I feel like that's kind of (laughs) true. I feel like it's entirely true. The thought train has left the station, but there's nobody on it. No, no, no. What, What I meant, what I meant, we do not have sex to procreate. That's not its purpose. I mean... It's just a consequence of it. 
First of all, that is the purpose. What you've done is you have reduced this to the point of absurdity. No. Which is a, a unique specialty of it yours. It isn't the purpose. <laughs> the purpose is not to have a child. But that's the consequence of it. A fully analogous thing that you of what you're saying is you can be like, oh, you don't eat to make yourself less hungry. You eat because you want to eat. And then it so happens that you aren't hungry anymore. Yes. What you're doing is you're just disentangling all of reality from itself. Why? Why? And you're trying why? to exist in some the weird... The body doesn't really know why it... Doesn't it? I mean, what is the body knowing something? No, the... It just... Things happen. The ones that did enjoy to... <laughs> the ones that did enjoy to rub their stuff together were more lo likely to procreate. Indeed. Okay, but what about those animals that, like, uh, if they have sex then they can get pseudo pregnant because their body thinks that they are now impregnated but there's actually no pregnancy like surely Wait, is that a thing yeah that's a thing in certain species oh in certain species not in humans okay yeah, yeah. No, no no not in humans no and there's also i think it's rats or something where you they can't get pregnant unless you also stimulate them in a way that they, their body like recognizes that that they have been inseminated mm. i understand your thought process but i think it's absurd why? Can you, can you try to translate his thought process? Because I actually don't get it. So he's saying that the outcome of copulation is fully irrelevant to why it happens in the first place. It just happens because it's chill. And because it's also this thing that uh, propagates the population, then it will like trend to a state where the ones that enjoy it survive because they're the ones that procreate. And then it like becomes linked this whole pleasure and procreation thing becomes linked afterwards is what he's saying. Yeah, I agree. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, at that point, like Jesus Christ, <laughs> I don't know. you know? Yeah. And it like, eventually just leads uh, to the Bible. Yeah. But this, this, uh, this eventually just leads to like, everything is a, a vibrate. We're just vibrations, bro. Like that's what this thought it's leads to. It's just neutrinos. To. Yeah, we're just fucking neutrinos rubbing each other. <laughs> but that's what we are. Oh my god! Yeah, that is what we are. Quillon, <laughs> <laughs> every time I, every time I come on this podcast, Quillon just gets deeper <laughs> and it becomes more abstract. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's falling down some weird rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. Ever since you read the what was that book you read? Tao Te Ching. About the Chinese philosophy. Tao Te Ching. Yeah. Yeah. yeah ever since you read that, it's been downhill from there. <laughs> oh. It didn't do you any good. <laughs> it's a it's a good book. Yeah. No, it happens. It happened when I st tried the horse tranquilizer. <laughs> well, that's classic. Oh. A drug induced clarity. <laughs> yes. Maybe it's still in your system. I doubt it. It's like six six years ago. Ever consider that you might be permanently high? I have thought about that. I have yeah, thought. But what about if it changed your your brain? I, that is just permanently high. So this is a like a classic uh, myth that I've heard like people in our profession, like fully grown scientist individuals, educated, critically thinking, have been talking about like, oh yeah, I don't, I don't want to do acid because I heard some dude thought he was a glass of orange juice and just forever thought he was a glass of orange juice because he just got stuck in the high. Okay, so is is this whole concept of getting stuck on acid just not a thing? No, it's just not. Of course it's not a thing. That's insane. I mean, in a way, Could in a way, in a way. with like the onset of psychosis? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Maybe, yeah. Like if, if you were I'm pretty sure if predisposed you're, to if you're, legit yeah, psychosis. And close to be going psychotic and you would get that medication. It would just push you over there. 
I'm close to becoming psychotic every day of my life. Yeah, we're it's a thin line I tread. Yes. Fine line. Fine line I tread. Whatever you want, bro. It's your line. And I'll tread it as I please. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I guess if you're like on the on the borderline, then fine. I'll I'll take that. But like no it's always like this perfectly healthy boy with beautiful parents took acid one time in a park and now he thinks he's orange juice forever. <laughs> oh my this God. is another problem that I have is when, so this is related to serial killers. Oh, you, you know, when you see these like victims portrayed in the media, it's always like this person was literally perfect. And then one day they injected one marijuana in the park after dark and now they're dead. <laughs> and then they do the backstory. And actually, they didn't have a perfect upbringing. Their parents were pieces of shit. And actually, that wasn't their first time doing drugs. They had already been like running with a horrible crowd because their parents were shitty, etc. Are you like talking that. about the serial killer or the victims? I'm talking about the victim. I'm not talking about the victims okay. of serial killers. I'm talking about like drug overdose victims that get talked about on like. Uh, oh, but why did you? you have okay, to, but you de definitely mentioned serial killers. Yeah, it, yeah. Because I'm would, saying it's it, it's it, related to it, the serial I, killer point in that. Ah, yeah. Okay, I see what you mean. Oh, why yeah, don't yeah. you guys know exactly what I'm thinking whenever I'm thinking it? I don't. Know. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't follow you. Often, I, often I do, but not this time. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm saying like when when they do this, like there's a, a news thing in Iceland. It's not news. It's like a fluff piece shit that comes on after the news it's like the icelandic 60 minutes yeah but they like so much worse so much more something. like masturbatory it's the worst it's the worst thing on tv that i've ever seen in my personal well, opinion it's just wait which one Islandita. is that the yeah okay yeah. it's always this it's, it's always very... this. it's always like it's just like it's emotion porn after the news for people yeah, to be yeah. like yeah that's awful guys or like oh my god i feel so sorry for this person or i can't something. believe they're abusing those chickens yeah, there's. It's just something. They just find something to like get people okay, going after the, the news, point. and then just, yeah. Come, what's your point? Come to the point. There, there is no point. That is the point. Oh, it's the worst. Okay. You were starting with some point. <laughs> yeah, because they they do this. They they will be like, this boy died because his life was perfect, and then he accidentally tripped and fell on a drug. But in reality, that's just never the actual story. You know what I mean? No, I mean. Yeah. Just I, I'm just ranting, okay? Fine. Yeah, I mean, I know what you mean. Yes. But this is do you think this affects your life? Yeah. <laughs> uh I mean, I'm does any Denmark? everything affects my life. Fine, I'll rant about this what you just said. I when people when you talk about something and you have an opinion about something that really doesn't matter and someone goes, "Yeah, but it doesn't matter." I find that stupid because like nothing matters. We're all just neutrinos, bro. Mm. Like But but you know what you're saying now it doesn't matter. Yeah, but just have an opinion on something, or you might as well just like be a fucking worm. Well, you know you what know? Annoys, you, annoys me even more is people who refuse to change their opinion for any reason. Yeah, that's also yeah, not but good. You should, you should never, you should never do that. You should never be a person that will will not change their opinion in the face of actual evidence, new information. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why would you change your opinion? Because you're wrong. It's fine. It's perfectly chill to be wrong. It's horrible to be just to be legitimately wrong and refuse to change your opinion. You, you, I mean, I'll definitely <laughs> delete your number from my phone if you if you do that. Yeah, just change your opinion if you're clearly wrong. You have to be consistent. But in the right way. Uh, I'm just being devastated there. I'm just being You have to be consistent in your ideals and in your like uh, you have to be consistent in yeah. sort of the grand scheme of things. You have to have a philosophy that you abide by that is consistent. Yes. Limit, if, listen, man, if you don't have the will to learn something new, then there's something wrong. Yes, yes agreed. Yeah, but this is very common. People don't want to change their opinion. This is often an American kind of thing. This reminds me of, I think I told Ragnar this story once. So my wife watches The Bachelor 
Uh-huh. And specifically The Bachelorette. And this show, I mean, oh my God. This is like pop culture terrorism. <laughs> this show is so comp- this is show is so off the rails emotionally that it makes zero sense. Mm. Anyway, so there's a character in there who is a complete asshole, and um, uh, there's like this group meeting of the guys. First of all, if we if we want to go there, we do. First of all, this makes no sense. How is this a dating strategy? So you date like 25 different women and then you have a set amount of time and at the end you have to decide who you're going to marry? It's like I'm going to I'm going to marry her. That's life. That's life. You they're just taking a lifetime <laughs> and condensing it into one yeah, season so you date of a TV 25 show. women simultaneously and then you very suddenly make a decision on who you're going to marry. It's optimized, bro. Well, I guess it is kind of optimized. But I, what I don't understand is the other way around. When you see these dating shows and there's always there's always one person of one gender and then a horde of people of the other and it's like they're all competing for this one person but like this That's one person yeah 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 but this one person gets to choose from 25 people so at least they can like pick out one that they'd like whereas these 25 people are stuck with one human and they must like this human. That's true. Yes. Well, surely there's been a selection. But, I mean, the selection is people that are going to start some shit on the show. Absolutely. I think one of those Bachelor couples has actually survived. Like, do others die or something? No, no. They just all... The relationship ends after, like, six months after the show ends. Like, in every single case, except in one specific case where they are now married and have three kids. It was the only success. Yeah, because it's a holiday fling. Like, it's easy to fall in love on holiday. Like you're in a new place, et cetera, and like with and new people and they're all kind of yeah, hot, yeah. you're drinking, et cetera. Like that's easy. And then you have to go home and you have to pay your fucking TV license together. It's true. Like that's not, that's not hot. Should we buy a car? What car? What fucking car? I don't know which fucking Anna's car. Anna's been watching an even crazier show that's on Netflix. It's called like, Are You the One or something? And it's a horde of people, mixed gender, 50-50, and- They've had them like uh, take some questionnaires and shit beforehand, and they've created a one perfect match for every single person. So they like pair up perfectly, and then yeah, they have some some doctor loves algorithm. Yeah, and then they have ten weeks or ten trials or whatever mm-hmm. to guess every single one of them correctly. And if they do, they all together win a million dollars. Oh, that's awesome! And it's it's so weird. She was watching this, and these people are just like cross dating like openly all the time and it's just it's sexual chaos oh my god i know and it's just it sexual is, chaos could be a really good name band name 100 but it is yeah. like if if the bachelor is pop culture terrorism then this is a fucking pop culture biological attack like it is next I, level i feel like the show has become like whining about things yeah I yeah mean, exactly. it, it always has been Whining about things is is just like nagging, the show. Just yeah. nagging. Ah, you're nagging. so good at cutting to the core of things. That's true. <laughs> These shows are about whining about things. We should rebrand it, and we should all have a glass of red wine while yeah. we whine about things, and it should be called Fine Wine. But not only do they just whine about things, but they also create the problems that they then whine about. So no, it all it's all happening in a vacuum. This. We're talking about Colin Monroe. Oh, oh, Colin Monroe. <laughs> But I mean, but it's also true about these dating shows. I mean, the whole thing is just predicated on yes. drama, which is, but I mean, that's what people, that's what the people like. People yeah, like drama. It's also drama in a vacuum. Like if this show never happened, there never would have been drama. It's drama in its own self-contained universe. Uh, Ole, 
I have mm-hmm. uh, I have a question for you. What have you been doing lately that is of note, particularly perhaps to our listeners? Ooh. Well, since you ask, I don't know if you're fishing for something particular. I believe I am. Possibly of note is uh, that I have been producing my own podcast. Have you? Is that what you're fishing for? I am fishing for this. I've, I don't know anything yeah. about this. Please tell me. Well, I think you know everything about this. Oh. But um, um, Ragnar and I, well, I am, uh, well, we're doing the nerdiest thing you could possibly imagine. And that is we're, uh, we're, we're making a uh, Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Ah. You already talked about this. No, I never talked about this. I haven't been here in months. Ragnar did. Yeah, but I talked about it very briefly. I'm I'm trying to create conversation with our guest. Okay, yeah, yeah. Good, 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 good. Go on, Are go just on. realizing Don't. this now, Leon? There's a guest on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. You're awfully casual, considering that this is your uh, secondary job. This no, but so job? anyway, so this is, a, this is a Dungeons & Dragons podcast that contains a storyline that I've made up from scratch. And Ragnar is one of the players, and there's three other players. A mutual friend of ours, Nick, and two other Icelandic guys that are my friends. And I think it's good. Wait, hold on a second. So my friend is our mutual friend, but your friends are just your friends? Well, because I guess they're also now your friends. Thank you. Would you consider them your friends now? Yeah, they're my best friends, actually. Okay, so it's we're four friends, five friends. Hmm. And I think it's pretty good. But it's obviously for a niche audience of people that like to listen to Dungeons & Dragons podcasts. Is it? I feel like we. it could be for people who don't have any interest in listening to Dungeons & Dragons podcasts because we're not doing it in a super nerdy way. There's not a lot of uh, stats. Like, Gwydion, you complained about this last time. You were like, it's all just how many hit points do you have and how much damage do you take? It's hardly any of that. I don't think we've mentioned... We've, I think we ma- mentioned hit points once in three episodes. Yeah. But like, how do you play it then? Role play, bro. In your mind. That, that's the fun thing. The fun thing is to roll the dice. We all firmly disagree with you. I'm going to let myself say. I heard a really good quote about Dungeons and Dragons. Don't see the dice as an obstacle to get what you want. See it as a prompt for improvisation. Mm. Well, that's truth. It's just a, it's a a randomizer. So you are creating like a, you're role playing basically a story together. Mm -hmm. And the, the dice are just randomizers. Yeah, exactly. They so they randomize some specific outcomes in the story. Uh-huh. If somebody else played the story, the same thing wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. But I have a sort of a loose structure of the of the story in my head. When they talk to like some NPC or like something like that, some person that you're playing, mm-hmm. do you not like roll a die to try to fool you? They're like trying to lie to you. Yeah, yeah. And you have that to can throw happen. Die. That can happen. So like if one of the players tries to lie to the NPC and he has given the NPC some indication that he could possibly be lying, then he'll roll a dice for deception uh-huh. and he can pass that and he cannot pass that. Yes. If he doesn't pass it, then the NPC will figure out that he's lying and vice versa. So do you not talk about rolling die? Yeah, yeah, we do. We talk about rolling you die. Don't but talk we don't talk about it. You just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We roll dice all the time. Yeah, yeah. But we don't, we don't do hit points and that sort of stuff. We don't do combat a lot. Because combat, we don't think, makes for very fun listening in general. It can be done well, but it's... Um, but it is funny. The combat is fun. Yeah, but combat can, tastefully. Yeah, yeah. It's not fun maybe for the listener. It just has to be combat that has an impact. That's the that's the whole idea. It has to be a, it has, it has to be a combat encounter that actually has some meaning for the story. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah I'm yeah, not going to create exactly. a combat encounter where the players are suddenly ambushed by goblins for no reason. And if they kill them, nothing will happen. It happens seemingly randomly, but... 
then it will lead to you find something or yeah yeah you, yeah i mean then i would do it but we would we wouldn't have like these small inconsequential combats we would have like we only fight like guards if they're guarding something super specific for us or if we pick a fight with somebody or like that sort of stuff mm-hmm. yeah but the podcast is called dungeons and demons incorporated and uh, the players are employees of a massive mega corporation then a capitalist acquisition of hell is the point mm. and they have to do various errands they have to complete various errands for hell in this in this world so you're all little bad boys so bad yeah i think it's a good premise and we sat and brainstormed some stuff and it honestly i think it's got some promise honestly i think given what we've recorded so far which is almost four episodes i think it's funny but it's not out yet when i was playing this it was like there was the one who was like the story master dungeon master what do you call dungeon it? master yeah he he had like the like an end boss or something like that mm-hmm. in the story mm-hmm. some wits that we that was producing some golems and stuff mm-hmm. and <laughs> what we did we killed him we killed her it's just like one blow we went all on a horse and one of the guy had like a to make everyone invis- invisible for like a five minutes and we all sat on the same horse and it was like something we gave the horse something to eat to make it stronger so it could hold us everyone then we everyone put our like swords towards her, her and then we just ran and just like stabbed her through like everyone taking one blow at the same time and then a horse running her over it sounds like you had a shitty dungeon master yeah it sounds like terrible <laughs> dming <laughs> no, um, I mean, a good dm would yeah. never allow this it's a waste of yeah. a good combat encounter So Ole, I think you would like adjust it if we did that and that would kill her, you would just like double her hit points and not tell us no. or something, right? That's not the That's approach not I allowed. would take. That's not allowed. That's not the approach I That's would take. I would I would, uh, would make it fail probably. Make, make, yeah, I would somehow make this attempt fail. Yeah, but the thing is, she was supposed to pr- like uh, summon some golem that was going to be very hard to fight, but we just killed her before she could do that. Yeah, in a way the dungeon master could have stopped it. Yeah, I mean, all of a sudden, there's a there's a magical barrier that you hadn't anticipated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's ways around this because we want to make this combat happen. Unless it was in the good, unless it was a uh, you know sort of within the spirit of the game and the and the and the group. If that's what you actually wanted, then it's the DM's sort of mission to give the players what they want. But you aren't really supposed to change in midway. Just like aha, no, there came like a. That's one hundred percent not true. Is it? Yes. Yeah, you're supposed to be very flexible. He wanted to make the story like how he thought, because he wanted giving us the chance to fool him. He didn't want to always like no, there came like a lightning that stopped you all. You gotta be, you gotta be inventive. You gotta make it seem like it makes sense, not too obvious. But throw, you know, throw some barriers in front of the players and make it not too obvious. Make it seem like it makes sense. Oh, I think so. Dungeons and Dragons is, I think, quite. Uh, it's got a reputation as being supremely nerdy, but it's. Like it doesn't really have to it, be. It is. It is. I mean, but it is it, it though. Is. It's just like it's essentially a board game without any of the pieces. Exactly. And it's like it's a it's a video game without the computer, basically. Yeah, it's exactly that. I mean, you you can buy like you can buy like a figures and and box and like to. We always did that when I was doing that. Yeah, but I mean yeah. that's unnecessary. You can like do that for anything. Cash. You can buy a fucking action figure for your cooking if you want to. Yeah, but it makes it fun. I have a Chef Ramsay action figure. I was looking at it when I cook. That's exactly what I was thinking. If I press a little button on his face, he calls me a fucking donkey. 
<laughs> Who's your favorite celebrity chef? I think definitely Gordon Ramsay. I mean, not I mean not for yeah. I mean Gordon Ramsay, but I do see his shortcomings. I'm getting a little bit tired of his whole shtick. Hmm. There's some shows where he's nice. Like, have you seen him when he does like MasterChef Junior or whatever? When he works with children, I I can't watch shows where children are the main thing. I can't. And there's no way. Like, I can't. I I can't. Also, can't watch movies where children are the main characters. I can't do it. Is it because you're too insecure and you want to be an adult? No, I, I just I can't watch them. I don't know. There's something. There's some disconnect. Like, I don't get this. I don't get why this is interesting. Okay. Unless it was like a super serious movie, like an Oscar nominated kind of movie. But mm. I don't know. Like MasterChef Junior is is not interesting. But they're good at cooking and they're so small. Yeah, but I'm not impressed. I mean, that it's not enough that I'm just impressed by how good they are at cooking. I don't think that's interesting. Is that the whole premise? Why that not? these juniors are very impressing? Impressive? What else is there? Do you have to find them attractive or something? Is that why you only watch the adults? Well, <laughs> tread carefully. <laughs> no. No, I don't think that's an interesting enough premise for a show. Just marveling at how inventive a kid can be. I don't really care. I want it to be something more. What more is there in the adult like, MasterChef? Look at how this kid seared the fuck out of this steak. This is amazing. But what's, what's, what is there in adult MasterChef that there isn't in a child one? Well, first of all, I don't watch adult MasterChef either. But I would, I would, sooner, I would sooner watch adult MasterChef. I think there's more interesting, um, you know, emotional porn in adult MasterChef than in junior MasterChef. Hmm. Okay, fair. Like, if kids are, like, shit-talking each other, that's just silly. Kids don't feel true disdain. If you watch these kids' shows, you see that the quality of their cooking isn't... It's close to the adults. It's not exactly the same. Well, I mean, they're children. Also, these shows are... I mean, let's be honest. These shows are scripted. Yeah, of course, of course. I mean, it's yeah, all scripted. Somewhat, yeah. Life is scripted. These are child yeah, actors, yeah. basically. What's the best movie you can think of where a child was the main protagonist? Uh, Sixth Sense. I'm not saying the movies doesn't exist. Sixth Sense is a good example. That's the only movie I can think of with the main actor as a child. Okay, yeah, like I'm, children in movies are often bad actors. But every once in a while you see a kid, though, that is a super good actor, and it's actually pretty interesting to watch. Yeah. Like, um, like remember that kid, um, that kid in Modern Family? When the show started, Modern Family's been going on for what, like 13 seasons or something? And in this, at the start of the show, the, the Luke character, the boy, he's like eight years old or something. And he's a ridiculously good actor. Mm -hmm. uh, I have never watched Modern Family, so I don't know. I'm Googling best child actor and I can't see anything. The girl from, from uh, what's that Dungeons and Dragons TV show? Ooh, I don't know. Stranger Things. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The girl from Stranger Things was a good actor, um, and then yeah, but her character. I mean, let, do you want to go there because her character was annoying. All she did was like wince at the camera. It was just yeah, yeah, definitely. But she was a good. She put in a, a shift. Uh, Dakota Fanning was she in War of the Worlds? I think she did an okay job. I mean, good child actors are impressive. Haley Joel Osment, that's the dude who was in Sixth Sense, right? He was legit a good child actor. Yeah, 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 one hundred percent. And these kids are usually always on the like the extreme end of the IQ curve. These are usually super smart kids. They seem to be able to simulate. I mean, being able to very accurately simulate somebody else's personality is definitely a marker of intelligence. That's probably I mean, true. They also have like some extreme childish features. I mean, they're like things that sometimes I know where to go there. They sometimes have like facial features that look good on like cute on a kid. But when it becomes an adult, 
It doesn't fit on an adult. Are you specifically talking about Macaulay Culkin? Yeah, I'm talking about few. Yeah, maybe. Is uh, is Emma Watson a child actor? I guess so. Uh, definitely. Was she a good actor, though? I think they were all pretty good, right? Not in the first movie. So people talked about Daniel Radcliffe being shit, but I don't think he was that bad. Uh, people talk shit about young Daniel Radcliffe. Is that the thing? I think so. I mean, that's kind of lame when you put it that way. <laughs> I'm going to talk shit about young Daniel Radcliffe. He sucked <laughs> in Harry Potter. It's like, you're a grown fucking man. What the fuck was wrong with you? <laughs> Stop. I mean, it's also this fascination people have with what, what are basically children's movies. Like Harry Potter. This is a children's movie. Okay, so this is exactly what I'm talking about. There's nothing, there's no such thing as a something for children or for adults. And this dichotomy is a false dichotomy that you need to shed yourself of. You think so? Absolutely. You, it's It's unnecessary. Like... You should just be able to accept that things are things and they just have merits and you can't, you're not any worse for appreciating something that is necessarily for, is for children. Like that doesn't make you more of an adult. Hating something for children doesn't make you more of an adult and liking something that's for children doesn't make you less of an adult. Okay. Wait a second. (laughs) Because I'm formulating a reply. Okay. Hating, hating a children's movie because it doesn't conform to your expectations as an adult makes no sense. Uh, right? What? If you're an adult and you watch Harry Potter and you don't like Harry Potter because Daniel Radcliffe wasn't a good enough actor for your standards, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You're it not does the one make who's supposed to be judging this. You weren't the demographic anyway. The movie wasn't made for you and obviously it won't conform to your standards. Yeah, but that's you can still have criticisms like that. Like Harry Potter could still have great acting and that would only be better. Well, I'm thinking of the... I guess I'm sort of picturing a sort of... A, a person who displays vitriolic hatred towards something in a kid's movie because they didn't like it. Instead yeah. of taking one step back and thinking, well, okay, I don't like this, but children may like this. Yeah, I guess. Is MasterChef Junior for kids? No, I think it's for adults. It is for adults. I think so, yeah. I okay, think it's maybe for adults. I should watch one episode of it before I, before I um, completely discount that show. But it doesn't sound like something that would appeal to me. But how about like Adventure Time? That is a children's show appreciated by adults. Isn't it for adults? It's not. Uh, that's yeah. where this breaks down. It's not a children's show and it's not for adults. It's just a show. Adventure Time is just a show. Yeah. That's right. Is there any ever show? Is there ever a show that is made without a specific demographic in mind? Uh, Isn't that just a poor capitalist move? I think like Adventure Time was focused on uh, teenagers more. Young adults, teenagers. This, if you talk about music, for example, then this is like a complaint that people have a lot when someone like sells out or whatever is when they start making music for a target audience because they think they will like it. Like, whereas people appreciate the stuff that's made with no target audience in mind. It's just the person making the thing that they wanted to make because it's art, right? You, I'm sure the same thing could be said about yeah. TV shows. Like Adventure Time could just be his brainchild because he loves that shit. And it doesn't matter who the target audience is. And it just so happened to be very successful. I never actually watched that show, yeah. but I always planned to. It's great. But Anna and I had a fantastic, fantastic conversation it. the other day about this sort of thing. Like, we were wondering, is there a thing that you can do that is sort of not, uh, it can't be explicitly using something that is like, for, like, it can't be like sucking on a pacifier or something. Because like, but That's is there weird. like a, a thing that you can do that really you shouldn't do because like you're an adult you shouldn't be doing this like that's strange whereas like like a a relatively uh, neutral thing that's not like 
ham-fistedly for children that you can do that is like, no, don't do that. You're an adult. And the only thing I could come up with is drinking milk straight out of the breast. Don't do that. You're an adult. I think I agree with that at least. <laughs> is there anything else? Well, it's you're already you're already implemented some sort of criteria for this stuff. So you're basically already excluding things that you shouldn't do, and then claiming that the rest of the stuff is something you could do. So this is a very this is a very sort of um, it's difficult to not agree with you because you've already set up your argument that way. Uh, don't don't make a kids thing something that's aimed at kids like a part of your core identity. That's the whole point I'm trying to make here. Like, don't make yourself a Harry Potter person if you're an adult. It's not a it's you could be doing more useful things. I think it's fine to say that people are sometimes wasting their time. A lot of people get very upset when you say that you're actually just wasting your time by reading this Harry Potter book for the 70th, 17th time. I mean, you can do it. Nobody's going to put you know throw you in prison, but consider that it may be a waste of your time. But what should you be doing instead? What is not a waste of time? Because you don't think that practicing the piano, for example, is a waste of time, but someone else might think that's a waste of time. It's true. It is so a like waste of time. See, it's all relative. I right? mean, I've, I've definitely considered that it's a waste of time. There's nothing that's not a waste of time. Even like studying economics is a waste of time. Is making snake antivenom a waste of time? Yeah, of course it is in certain ways. Is it? Well, because I mean, of all neutrinos, you're going to go back there? Yeah, we're all neutrinos, bro. <laughs> I'm willing to claim that some things are not a waste like of time. Like what? Give me uh, what's not uh, this snake venom. Like overthrow, overthrowing the bourgeoisie. Absolutely. <laughs> now you're speaking my and language. And fighting for gay rights. Yeah. These things are not a waste of time. Agreed. Okay, fine. Yeah, getting getting are... properly educated is not a waste of time. I mean, after all, you're you're constrained by the society that you live in. And I think it's in your best interest to try to do something that the society considers to be useful. Because otherwise you just end up in some sort of isolated hole and you do need people around you. Would you say that uh, reading Harry Potter once as an adult, you've never read it before, you read the whole series one time, is that a waste of time? No. Okay. But if you obsessively reread the books, at some point you cross the line of this is a lot of fun to this is starting to get a little bit obsessive and maybe reading this book for the 20th time is actually a waste of time. This does not apply if you're a kid. Would a normal... Would a sane person do this as an adult? Yeah. Someone that is considered normal. Surely sanity is like a sliding scale. Yeah. Same as people that watch Friends for like 15 times. So this is a thing that you are proposing. You're saying that binge reading obsessively Harry Potter books or some sort of thing like that is a childish thing to do because you're an adult now. Don't do this anymore. I think it's part of being an adult is sometimes is eventually realizing that you don't have infinite time. You can choose to spend the remainder of your time rereading the Harry Potter saga. But I mean, it doesn't mean that your choice is good. What if you spent the same amount of time reading a whole bunch of different sagas? Are they all in the same vein as Harry Potter? Are they all children's fiction? They're... If they you're a are, book critic, then no. You're not a book critic. They are not, they're not like high literature. They are very, they're like very middle of the road, Joe Nespo type shit. See, this is a, this is a, I think this is a weird line of argument because I'm not, I don't think I'm saying anything very controversial here. Sometimes it dawns on you and it has dawned on me on several occasions that I was actually doing something that was a waste of my time. 
and have decided to stop doing that thing. But some people get very upset when it is suggested that something that they're doing is actually potentially a waste of their time or and or a waste of their potential. Do you agree or disagree? I agree. I have this realization every day of my life. Yes. That everything I'm doing is just a waste of time. And it's Okay, so so the case exists where somebody is actually wasting their time. This does exist. Yeah, yeah. It does of course it does. Of course it does. So so but, but there is one thing. If you are wasting your time but it makes you happy. Yeah, that's that's the the main that makes you happy. Yeah, but I mean isn't there a sort of a difference between like actual happiness and just constantly jerking off your brain? But but you see like in cases where people are inclined to do like things repeatedly, for example in certain certain types of autism, people do like what they know to watch the same thing again again. I'm going to give legitimate serious artists a pass. Because they have other problems to deal with. Yes. Yeah, it wouldn't be Guillon if he didn't go for <laughs> very extreme examples. Yeah. <laughs> but you've hit a you've hit a, a crucial point, Ole, and you're saying that uh, there's a difference between being happy and just jacking off your brain. And I don't think everyone would agree with you there. I agree. Yeah, with I you. think that's a silly thing to disagree with. I think that's just silly. You just you just exist in a vacuum if you just keep jerking off your brain. But I think I mean that's that's the basis for shit like The Bachelorette. People watch. People spend their entire free times watching shit like this. Yeah, that's just jerking off your brain. Yeah, yeah. But some people would just say it makes me happy, and it's that's... just a way to jerk off your brain that doesn't really lead anywhere. All you've done when you've watched this, an episode of The Bachelor is watched an episode of The Bachelor. But there's definitely there's definitely a sizable contingent that would say that's fine. Maybe if you would have done something else and do that, you would have caused an accident, a harm, and destroy the life of another person. Okay. Th- yes. All right. I guess so. <laughs> Checkmate only. So maybe you did a good thing. But a horrible line of argument. <laughs> but what if? What if? Yeah. I mean, you could just say you could just as easily say the other way around. If you had gone out, maybe you would have saved a life. I mean, this is ridiculous. This is a ridiculous point, William. Thank you. It, isn't that the less likely chat? You maybe you would have hit. Don't hit play by probabilities with me. We're always person. talking about the realm of possibility <laughs> here. Uh, you're you are ridiculous. I don't think this is a very, this is not a bad thing to say. Some people, unfortunately, sometimes waste their time. A lot of people that have a lot of potential and it's it's not good. And it's, and it's so easy. It's so easy to jerk off your brain these days. You can just jerk off your brain constantly. I had this conversation with a friend recently and she was, had taken, like she used to agree with us, but has now shifted to the other side where she just doesn't care anymore because you're chasing your own tail with this whole like trying to find meaningful happiness. She just was like, "There's no point in that. You might as well just find like uh, fleeting mo- like moments of happiness and these like sort of basic things because there's no point in anything else. It all ends up in the same place." I feel like we're converging on the idea of nihilism. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. I don't think nihilism is a very good thing. I don't think it makes for a healthy person. No, I'm inclined to agree, but. I say this being the opposite and also being a horrendous piece of shit. Mm. You can be a nihilist, but not feel bad. I mean, there must be some sort of prime directive that uh, would be a good recipe for life to follow. Jerking off your brain forever is a pretty shitty directive. Yeah, yeah philosophically. But like, it it will it would make a society. It would still make for a, an active society. It would just mm. be... It would just be contentless at the end of the day. Yeah, it would be sort of everybody existing in a vacuum and, uh, I don't know, you have to grow your own grain and bake your own bread so you can eat it and keep jerking off your brain. 
it's that classic like a uh, brave new world style dystopia where everyone is like content because they have enough shit to consume yeah i mean that's supposed to be a version of hell right yeah but we are too smart to fall for that I mean, Dungeons and Dragons is jerking off your brain. 100%. So what's the silver lining there? I don't know. I guess it is because you're doing it in company of friends. I think I think that, you know, doing something in the company of friends is usually better than doing it alone if it's something that you consider to be wasting your time. Mm. I don't feel the same level of guilt having played a board game for four hours with friends as playing a video game alone for four hours. Exactly. Mm. I, think that, I think that's fair. Even though they are essentially fully parallel as like activities per se. Yeah, but I guess engaging with another person is something that is actually meaningful. Yeah. I think that's the whole point, right? Yeah. Whether it be like yeah. whether it be like something that doesn't actually go anywhere other than just meaningfully engaging with another person, like actually engaging with another person is meaningful. Yeah. Whether it's constrained by the rules of D&D or a board game, it's maybe not doesn't matter all that much, mm. but it's actual engagement. Yeah. Mm. So that's what Amen. we want. That's what this podcast is about. I just want to be engaged, bro. Engage me. <laughs> Let's get engaged, bro. Bro. Careful, bro. I might just say yes. I hope so. Speaking of engaged, uh, we're running over time. So yes. I guess I'm going to have... Do you have a skill of the week for us, daddy? Ah, fuck. I feel like I, I should have thought of this. I knew you'd ask me. Yeah, should have. Ass. I never have any, so it doesn't matter. I have a pretty shitty skill that we've actually never never mentioned but i feel like it's in the spirit of the old skills of the week okay let me let me hear it and then maybe i can maybe i can modify it yeah you definitely can't so if <laughs> if you're at a party and you're outside don't do this inside because then you're just an asshole mm -hmm. you're still an asshole if you do this but it doesn't matter uh if you're at a party and you're people are drinking from glass bottles then what you should do is you should walk up to someone who you know it should be a pretty good friend of yours who can take a joke and take the bottom of your bottle and like tap it on the top of their open bottle uh, not I with too my, much yeah. force yeah. not with a whole lot of force but with some force and then about like a second later their whole drink will just like come flowing out the top because you create this little mini vacuum at the bottom and the whole thing just goes and bubbles over and it's great fun oh, okay i think a good skill of the week would be that if you know how to do this don't ever do this <laughs> I mean, I recommend doing it, but do it in a place where there are enough drinks so that people won't be like pissed off at, that you just wasted one and where it can spill and that's fine. Make sure it's actually funny. Yeah. Do, <laughs> do this, making sure it's funny and then it'll be good. Do it very sparingly and exercise great caution. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it can but, be funny, but I think in the overwhelming majority of cases where this is done, it is not funny. Yeah. Uh, I did it once. To, oh no, that wasn't. I did it once to somebody, and they just like dropped their bottle, and it smashed on the floor. That wasn't very funny, and I felt a little bit bad. Yeah, then you just felt like an asshole. And then in the same party, I like cheered someone with a bottle, and it wasn't even hard. I don't know how this happened. It was just like the perfect storm, and I our, we clinked our bottles together, and their bottle just smashed in their hand. Oh my! I think I'm the Hulk. Hey, I have a I have something to say. Okay, do you have a good? Do you have a? Some parting words. Yes. Whatever you decide to do, make sure it makes you happy. Oh my God. Jesus. That, like, you just stripped all the fat off of all the bullshit you say and you just cut right to the core of it there. <laughs> speak, speak the truth.
I, I say how things are. Yeah. Doesn't that reduce our entire conversation to something a little bit less meaningful than actually was? Definitely. He, he's I don't feel like that the, quote is specific he's enough. He's the very opposite angle. Hey, Oli, Oli, be, be, uh, Oli, 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 be kind. Hmm. I always am. Uh, yeah, thanks for covering for Monroe, that fucking lazy ass who had to go be a doctor instead of record on a weekend. I did my best. Thanks a lot for that, Monroe. Hopefully I didn't betray my ineptitude in life. Only one way to find out. Yeah. And that is by waiting for listener feedback. Sending it, send this to the void. Absolutely. Uh, send, talking of sending, send us shit, calling Monroe at com and our Instagram. And when you're done doing all that, then just keep on trucking. Bye-bye. Auf Wiedersehen. Bye-bye. If you're feeling low In need of a bro There's one thing That makes your heart start to glow Calling Monroe Calling Monroe Calling Monroe Calling Monroe I'm from the